Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Today's guest on Keep Them Coming is a friend, colleague, and fellow Sex Coach U graduate, Kincaid McMinn. He's a clinical sexologist and certified sex coach just like me. He's the Royal Love Coach, and you can find his sex-positive podcast, Royally Screwed, anywhere you're listening to this show. Kincaid and I broke down some of the ins and outs of sharing sex positivity, dating advice, and things like that online. But what I think you will really find of value, doesn't matter your gender identity. It, tell you what, if you are not a penis owner and you are not into penises, yeah, some of the sex toys we talk about probably aren't for you. However, if you have friends, siblings, cousins, whatever, maybe go ahead and listen to our breakdown about male sex toys so that you can uh, provide people some good information or pass this episode right along to them. So my upcoming pitch column actually includes some of the the toys that Kincaid and I talked about. So do pick that up on newsstands or follow my socials and you can find the, the digital version when it's posted. I will put up a link. One thing that I did mention in the show that you can find in the show notes is a link to UV. I've got a discount code available for you there. Coach Kristen 5. You can get 5% off your very own UV, which helps to sanitize your toys. If you want to know a little bit more about what that is, you can just go to my Instagram or my TikTok and you can see a video there uh, where I show the UV. Can't really show what's inside because videos get taken down for that, but it's a a nice little box. It'll fit a magic wand, so you can put multiple toys in there at the same time. I've done that. Throw my keys, my phone, and a toy in there at the same time. I love it. It's fantastic. And I'm a little bit OCD. So it definitely helps me with my uh, fear of something not being clean. <laughs> so thanks, UV. I'm going to be doing a new workshop offering in 2022. Instead of just a single, you know, one night workshop, I'm going to be offering a multi week workshop. Starting January 25th, you can participate in Better Sex, a six-week course to awaken the better lover in you. You can take this workshop by yourself. You can take it with your partner and watch together. You can even split the cost of the ticket with some friends and you all can get together each week and watch. But I'm going to cover all sorts of things from sexual health to talking about how sex is more than penetration, setting the tone. And, and breaking some of those things down, I mean, I'm going to talk about healthy influences on your libido and setting up your bedroom for better sex. We'll talk about sex toys and keeping sex a priority, talking about STIs, intercourse, outer course, anal, oral, all the things. This is non-gender specific. I mean, when we talk about body positivity, a lot of people, regardless of their gender identity, need more body positivity in their lives. If you can't make a week, but you've purchased a ticket, you'll receive a video for that week that you missed. 
Tickets are on sale through Eventbrite. You can check the show notes for a link to that. Early bird ticket sales end at midnight, December 31st, so going into New Year's Day. <laughs> Sorry, New Year's Day, price is regular. So if you miss the early bird discount, you can take advantage of my dirty bird discount, okay? I guess I should be more clear. My my dirty bird is what my not safe for work email list is. Um, and that's what I, in my head, sort of call my followers, my little dirty bird. So, but the discount code for you listening to this podcast to use after January 1st is KTC5. Keep them coming five. You get 5% off ticket sales. If you want even better sex, even if you're already having good sex, but you want to have better sex, even better, like the best sex you could have of your life, this could be the workshop for you to get there. Build those skills, learn new things, get new perspectives. Email me if you have any questions, or again, just check the show notes for a link. My email is kristen at openthedoorscoaching.com. I do hope to see some of you there. Or hey, y'all, all of you probably have that friend who's a little closed off or a little sheltered or, you know, they just need a little extra something. Even if this workshop's not for you, send it to your friend. Give your friend the, the nudge to take a workshop like this so that you don't have to be the one always giving them advice. And I thank you ahead of time for the referral. Okay, I've talked your ear off enough. Now it's time to listen to Kincaid and I talk about male sex toys, talk about bad dating advice, even got into discussing semen retention and no fap November. Anyway, enjoy the conversation. My friend Kincaid McMinn is joining me on today's episode of Keep Them Coming. He's also a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist that went through the program at SCU, the Sex Coach U, for those of you that aren't familiar. And he's also the host of his own sex positive podcast, Royally Screwed. Kincaid, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited and so nervous to be on this end of the mic. Ah, it's different, isn't it? <laughs> it's terrifying, <laughs> frankly. I'll take it easy on you, I promise. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> so Kincaid and I have actually gotten to meet in person. I haven't gotten to meet a ton of my colleagues in person. A lot of them I just know on the internet. Uh, but he made a visit to Kansas City last year, and we got the chance to. Was it this year or last year? Was it this year? It was. It was summer of of twenty twenty one. It was earlier Jesus. this year. But that feels like, like we're so at the end long of the year ago. Now, so, so by the time you're listening to this, it could very well be last year. True. Very true. Um, but I, I love what you do on social media. I enjoy your energy. So, I'm very very happy to have you on the show today. I'm excited about today's interview. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. You've made the foray into TikTok, <laughs> doing all that stuff. So how's that adventure been? I, one of the things I like most about some of the things you've done on there is like the, the bad dating advice. So yes, I, I, I am, I'll admit not nearly as, as successful or prolific on TikTok as you are as of yet. Um, yet right. Yet. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, and since, since my living situation has changed recently, I've, I have decreased my my input or my output rather onto TikTok, so my growth has slowed a little bit. But I still do enjoy it. I love the short form video format. I love being able to roll off the cuff a little bit, talk fast, 
I love talking in general. That's part of the reason why I started a podcast. And that was a great platform to do that. And it's, it's a fun challenge to try to convey these really, it, 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 to try to convey these really complex ideas in a short time span, whether mm-hmm. it's one minute, three minutes, that can also be a bit of a detriment, but overall, I, I really enjoy it. And the, you know, bad dating advice series that I've done before, it's, uh, it's, you know, dating advice that I used to think was good, but is actually mm-hmm. shit. And it includes a lot of things that's like conventional dating advice, especially geared towards men, because I was raised cisgender male, um, that deals a lot with like, continuing to pursue someone past the point in which they have expressed not interest anymore. Uh, like she's just uh, playing or, hard to get. So you got to keep going kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like playing hard to get is a great example of something that I probably should talk about is like, Hey, no one's actually really fucking playing hard to get most of the time. They're just not interested in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, t- and then I try to point out a bad behavior, you know, saying like, Hey, trying to, you know, see what's what's one that i did um oh like trying to get a girl's number by you know if she gives you her number like read it back to her incorrectly so that way you can try to call them out on it oh because like if maybe they just made up a phone number off the top of their heads and repeating it back wrong and then exactly um, is your number mm -hmm. five 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 six and if you know let's say they give you five 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 but you read it back as like the final number is changed a little bit or something and they're Mm -hmm. just like yep that's it then you can like call them out on it but that's really shitty behavior for a couple of reasons uh it 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 puts them on the spot which is going to make them not like you even more and on top of which like at that point you you've kind of gained there right you know like if you catch her in a lie and then call her out on it, you don't gain anything. Exactly. So what I recommend, you know, so I, I call it a bad behavior, but then I also mm-hmm. try to recommend a more positive course of action, such as instead of asking a girl for their number, give out your number instead, mm-hmm. because it it's you're offering something, they have the right to decline it. And if that's the case, accept it gracefully. Mm-hmm. But if they accept it out of kindness or because they're actually interested in you, then the ball is in their court. And if a couple days from now, you get a text or a call from them, you know that they were interested in you. And if you don't get a text or a call from them in a couple of days, even though they accepted, yeah, that stings a little bit. But now you know that they, you know, just weren't that into you. And for better or worse, you know, for one reason or another, they accepted it. Maybe they changed their mind. Maybe something else is going on. And now you learn a lesson as a person of how do I accept this this subtle rejection and yeah it sucks Mm -hmm. but now you can try to direct your energy at another you know towards a another person or trying to find another partner or trying to work on yourself Mm -hmm. in some way yeah it feels a little bit like the male version that the flip side of he's just not that into you like this is the flip side this is the she's not into you part of it exactly (laughs) men need this i think if i ever if i ever come up with a a like book like a full length published book that may be a great title for it possibly if if it doesn't get like if i don't get sued for copyright infringement on naming similarity or something like that i don't know well hey if sex at dusk didn't get copyright infringement for doing sex uh, you know counter to sex at dawn uh, yeah, you might be able true. to get away with it so but a publisher <laughs> a publisher will help you figure that out you don't have to be in charge of figuring that all out on your own so this is very true you could just change it just enough to be like, she's definitely not into you, man. 
that, that's that's it. You throw in a couple other phrases, a couple other keywords. <laughs> it's no longer plagiarism. <laughs> oh, oh God. But yeah, I love I, giving I, people I, dating advice. It's a ton of fun. It's even better when someone goes into your comments and says, this fucking guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. If you, I literally saw this yesterday. I literally saw a comment that said, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. If it, the way to like the way to get a woman to like you is to treat them like trash and call them out on their lies, then they'll have more respect for you. And I can't. How's that working I, for I, you, man? <laughs> oh my God. I should have just asked him like, okay. And where is your girlfriend? I didn't, I should have. What I said was, was something just akin to like, yes, because everyone automatically loves when they're called a piece of trash. Like it, the yeah. logic doesn't make sense. If you respect other people as human, if you want respect as a human being, you need to respect other people as a human being. And the way to get someone to like you is not by calling them a piece of trash or if there's no respect given, you're not going to get respect in return. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sometimes Holy I shit. just have to ignore the comment section. Although it does, prov it provides good opportunities for content production. That is absolutely true. I probably could have or should have made a video response. Like that, that is a he great still thing. Can. He still can. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can or should, you know, go mm -hmm. back through. Uh, my most popular video that I, that I had this year got somewhere around three or 400,000 views on it. Um, and it was me talking about how women don't lie. Like similar, to, similar to what we just talked about, where if they're giving out a fake number, you're already kind of dead in the water and to just accept the blow gracefully and move on or find a different strategy, such as giving out your number. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about how there was a, uh, how women don't lie to play games with you. They don't do that. They lie. If they're going to lie in a, in a situation where you're approaching them, they're doing it to protect themselves. Cause for some reason or another, and sometimes it's something that you can control. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's simply their interpretation of what's going on in the situation or in that moment. They don't feel comfortable interacting. Mm -hmm. And so they feel it's necessary to lie about, you know, they have a boyfriend when they really don't or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the way to go about this situation is not to let it make you too bitter or make you think that all women are liars as a result of this. Mm -hmm. This is what this is. This is a call to investigate. It's okay. Why? If I feel like so women, so many women in, in my life or in my interactions are feeling called to lie to me when I approach them in a dating situation. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Is it because I make them feel uncomfortable in some way? Is it my mm -hmm. demeanor? Is it too aggressive? Is it too lingery that it comes off as a little bit creepy? And I know that, you know, people hate being called creepy. And I, I apologize for using that terminology here. But, you know, is it, yeah, is it too aggressive? Is it, you know, any number of things going on? They could just be busy. But, if it keeps happening, instead of saying, oh, all women are liars and they're terrible people and they're trash, mm -hmm. to use this other person's phrasing, start investigating, okay, what is it about me and what can I change in my approach in how I'm talking to people, approaching people, or even interpreting their responses? What can I learn from this situation? 
instead of who can I blame that's not me so I don't have to take responsibility for my failure in the dating world. Mm-hmm. Bingo. <laughs> I did see a video recently from a gal that was talking about how she said to her boyfriend, I got hit on recently. And of course I said, you know, thanks, no thanks. I'm seeing someone. And he was like, oh, you know, uh she's like, yeah, but that's also just kind of the excuse I've used for a really long time when I don't want to interact with someone. And he was apparently pissed at her. Like, how could you lie to someone to say, I saw this video too. The fact that the boyfriend was so stuck on that she had lied rather than understanding the possibilities of the situations that she's been in, where maybe this person is much larger stature than she is and is in her personal space and is asking or demanding her time, attention, phone Mm -hmm. number, whatever. And the only way to get some men to back off is to pretend like you've got a man in your life because some men don't respect women, but they will respect other men. And because some men have this property mindset about women, they'll back off when they go, oh, she's someone else's. It's sad, but it's true that those men exist. But yeah, he didn't even for one second sound like he tried to put her himself in her shoes to understand why a woman might lie and use any form of excuse, especially saying that they have a boyfriend at home or a husband at home. Yes. Yes. On all of those, uh, on all those counts. I saw that. I saw that TikTok as well, and my thought process was very similar. Like, okay, the thing is, he's probably been in a situation where, you know, he, either he just assumes that everyone's telling the truth all the time, so the so the knowledge that some people could intentionally lie could be shocking or jarring to him. Which, yeah, it's fine. That's understandable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's also possible the, the fact that this was news to him, and maybe he thought like, oh, my partner. And I never lie to each other. Therefore, my partner never lies in general, mm-hmm. which is great to to it's great to have that level of trust in your partner. And this this knowledge shouldn't shake that trust in your partner as far as how it goes within you and the bounds of your relationship. What this means is that like in a very contextual situation where she doesn't feel safe, she feels like lying would be a preferable alternative uh, about something would be a preferable alternative to being forced further into a situation or a context which is uncomfortable for mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah gentlemen sometimes you're gonna get lied to and ladies sometimes it's okay to lie just to get people to leave you alone likewise mm. uh, you know likewise flip side of it gentlemen just because a woman expresses interest in you doesn't mean that you have to play into the stereotype of always being the horn dog or always being the person who who accepts any sort of advance towards you as well. Mm-hmm. You have a right to say no in different situations too that you don't feel comfortable in also. Absolutely. I, I feel like a bit of a you know devil's advocate or a contrarian to to bring that point up, but I feel like it is important that like there are stereotypes and because of all the stereotypes that we have in society, men do suffer too, especially in the, you know, in the dating game. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of taking ownership of yourself, your own situation and having, you know, trying to feel comfortable with another person. So if you don't feel comfortable with somebody, no matter who you are, you have a right to say no to that person for in whatever way, shape or form you do to try to stay safe. Yes. Yes, all human beings are owed the right to feel safe in any given situation. And yeah, I've definitely seen some 
aggressive people out there going after men. So Mm -hmm. yes, it does go both ways. Absolutely. Just need a little bit more respect when it comes to dating. Uh, What is, what is something that you feel is some of the best dating advice that you can give or that you have given lately? Yeah. Some of the best dating advice that I've given recently. Um, Oh, there's so many, there's so many cool things. Uh, one of the things that I love is telling people, first of all, telling people to masturbate before trying to find a partner is always fun. Yes. Uh, it's especially interesting um, if you're dealing with single men who maybe they do masturbate uh, all the time, you know, multiple times a day sometimes. Sometimes they may feel like they have a masturbation or a porn or sex addiction. So to well, tell them, And hey, there's plenty oh, of women out there that masturbate multiple times a day too. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But to tell people to be in, t- uh, but to tell people that hey, before you start trying to pursue a relationship with somebody, masturbate, practice self love, they may give you a look like, "What are you talking about?" Like that's that's I do that all the time anyway. But how intentional are you being with it? What ways? What ways can we make this less of? It's good to it's good to develop that self love habit in some way, shape, or form. But in what ways can we also elevate it a little bit to where it is special time that you give to yourself to make yourself feel loved, to ex- to explore and experience well tried and true desires as well as explore new desire, uh, different things. How can we make that time where you're treating yourself? And when you're able to treat yourself, you learn more about who you are and what you like as a person, both on your own and what you might want to look for in a relationship. And then from there, you can then begin exploring and trying to find out, okay, who out there in the world is going to, is going to kind of like piece in some of these things that I now know that I want based on the type of self-love that I give myself. Mm-hmm. I love framing so that's masturbation fun... more as like self-love or solo sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it just gives a better message. And I think it just feels different when you yourself are contextualizing this as self-love or solo sex rather than like masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like when you actually look at their definitions, masturbation, it, basically, I think the root of it is like abusing oneself with their hand. I think that's Ugh. the Latin breakdown of it. No, I hate that. Like, I am not abusing my genitalia. Thank you very much. I'm treating it to a, a pleasure sesh. Yeah, I man, I hate that. That that That's gross. I don't like that. Uh, right? uh, torturing yourself or abusing yourself with one's own hand. Right. <laughs> I... No, I don't like that at all. There, there's so many things. Uh, we need a new word. Can, we, know, can right? we get a new word? I know. And I, I, I do often use the tagline of exercise, meditate, masturbate, just because it mm. sounds good. Um, and I think that those are the three things that you should do every single day. But when I'm breaking it down, I, I break it down as like masturbation is about solo sex and pleasure. And you should mm-hmm. pleasure yourself every single day. But yeah, Exercise, meditate, solo sex doesn't quite have the ring to it. But. It, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, in, in the tagline of my podcast, I say I talk with my friends about everything from like masturbation, mating, marriage, and everything in between. So like, there's a lot of great wordplay with masturbation as it currently exists in our lexicon. I just hate that that is the, the root of it now that I know it. 
I know, right? Yeah. I don't like it, but, but I guess- But even just the, getting people to feel comfortable with saying the word masturbation sometimes is one of my oh. favorite things. Not just getting them to do it, but actually just say it. <laughs> and say it comfortably. You're like, how does, that, how does that unfold for you in your practice? There have definitely been times where I've had clients who are like talking along and then they go, masturbate. I had the greatest time the other night, masturbating. They're like, you can just say masturbating or making love to yourself or having a pleasure session. They're like, oh, I like pleasure session. That's nice. But yeah, I pleasure like watching. Great. I think that for, for me, every time I say it with confidence and a straight face, it gives them the permission to feel like, oh, it is okay to say penis, vulva, vagina, tits, cock. My favorite thing is is asking people like, yeah saying things with confidence especially you know during an initial session or two with with clients asking and how frequently do you masturbate like completely deadpan no snickering no like oh hush just okay and how frequently do you masturbate not do you but how frequently do you because mm -hmm. every i think everyone or almost everyone has experienced or experimented at some point in their life with masturbation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the reason why they may not actively currently is probably because of, of some sort of social conditioning or, or person or, or authority figure telling them they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, but, and so asking, do you implies that there is an option that you haven't or don't, mm -hmm. but Virtually everyone does, even if there is some sort of authority figure, when you're really honest with yourself, there are moments of secrecy where you do. So, mm -hmm. and, and it also gives the impression of, of like, when you ask, how often do you, it allows, it, it first of all, removes the no option. Mm -hmm. And it allows for people to be more honest and it contextualizes things in a way that it's more acceptable, that like it's a matter of frequency and we can now talk more nuanced about frequency, which is a much better conversation to have. Absolutely. That is a great way to phrase it. I, I often ask, tell me about your masturbation practice or tell me about your solo Ooh, sex yeah. practice. That way it's just tell me details. Give me all the info. Hell yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I, I know I've talked about this on my show before, but I love the people who are like, I just don't have a libido. Things are broken. I don't get turned on anymore. I'm like, cool. Tell me about your, your solo sex life. And they're like, I don't really have one to speak of. And I'm just like, not shocked, not shocked at all. Mm. It is one of those things I've definitely found tied to. Like if you, if you are not masturbating, you are not doing the things to sort of get your fires, you know, just at a low, low roast, you know, your things are just not simmering for you anymore. I don't know which one should come first, the desire of the masturbation, but I definitely have found in my practice when I get clients to masturbate regularly, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, I, I do get more turned on. I find myself having more erotic thoughts. I want to jump on my partner more often, or I want to use my, my sex toy that's been sitting in the drawer for you know, a year and a half now. And again, I'm like, not shocked that when you started getting all those good neurotransmitters flowing through your system, because you had more orgasms lately, all of a sudden your body's like, Oh, uh, I like this. I think I want to do this more often. Give me more. Give me more. Oh, hell yeah. One of my, one of my, that's phenomenal. And it, it's one of the best things ever. Dr. Patty, when we're going through our schooling, Dr. Patty calls it priming the pump. Priming the pump. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. 
priming the pleasure pump, one of my least favorite things in the entire world, and I will say this out loud, and you guys can come fight me, any single one of you, I will take you on, is people who who try to restrict masturbation particularly let's see there's the no fap movement there's the like porn is the new drug movement there are all these all these uh, and a lot of right-wing organizations also talk about restricting masturbation and the reason being is because if you can control someone, what they do with their body, think of the, like, that is an incredible level of control that you have over that individual. If you can get them to stop masturbating, you have now an incredible level of control over them. Mm -hmm. And that will lead to lots of pent up frustration, which then you can direct in whatever way you decide that you want to do. Um, it, mm -hmm. You in this situation being, you know, whatever that top of right organization we're yeah. talking mm -hmm. about here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, in my experience, it's traditionally right-wing individuals, but there's also, uh, there's also, you know, uh, lots of, there's lots there's of some woo-woo people on the tantric some, side that also. There's some woo-woo people on the tantric side that yeah. talk about semen retention and some mystical powers that that gives you. And I think it's a load of horse shit. Um, Agreed. Am I allowed to curse here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Abs a, abs a fucking okay, cool. Like. I think it's a load of horse shit. All that happens if you, do, like people talk about, uh, one of the things that's talked about is like, if you don't masturbate, you get semen retention and it gives you like levels of clarity and things like that. All that it does is it increases your levels of sexual frustration and aggression. So if you perceive that as like being sharper, then we've got to talk about other things here and what you perceive power and, and meaning to be, uh, uh, you know, and cognitive sharpness to be that it equates with some form of sexual or, or sexual frustration or aggression. I would argue. I, uh -huh. Yes. Uh, no, I'm shaking my head right along. Like, yes. It's a, it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting thing that you'll find that people that are really heavy in the spirituality community are actually also susceptible to, to uh, because it's so because a lot of the modern uh, spiritualist movement is built so much upon you as being a supreme or divine being and finding your in like your own self worth and self value that that can then be in like this extreme individualism that that can then end up being kind of manipulated to preventing uh, it, it towards leaning into some pretty right-wing conspiracies mm -hmm. because the the right wing is also all about my rights my individualism and not being like i shouldn't have to give up any sort of my individuality to help other people mm -hmm. which is in a word selfish <laughs> and that's the nicest word that i can use mm -hmm. that's the nicest single word that i can use to describe that <clears throat> mm-hmm yeah, I've, I've definitely had clients, male clients ask me about the whole semen retention thing and if they should do the no fat November, which I don't, why is it called fat? What, where did that come uh, from? I think it's an onomatopoeic thing. Okay. I think it's, it sounds kind of like, like the, the kind of like repetitive, like motion of stroking oh, it's the noise that, uh, like, okay. that it's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, for, for those for those who can't <laughs> see the video chat that's going on right now, I am making many many hand gestures. <laughs> okay, fat is kind of yeah, it is what the sound sounds like. But it, yeah, I've had clients ask yeah, me about it. I'm I think like, it's this, mostly an onomatopoeia thing. 
Gotcha. Like, I just, I don't think that there's necessarily, you cannot prove to me in any way, shape or form that is healthy for you. I can prove to you six ways from Sunday, how healthy solo sex or orgasms are for you. Yes. So the day that you bring me some research that says that not pleasuring yourself and not having orgasms is actually physically good for your body, I might actually listen to the conversation. But now here's here's what people will try to bring to that discussion. They'll try to bring evidence that that like porn rewires your brain and masturbation rewires your brain and it's the same level of 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 you know addictiveness as cocaine or or other types or heroin or other types of hard drugs these other neurotransmitters uh or it rewires your brain to where you can only climax if you're watching hardcore pornography and this 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 theory of like escalating oh uh, degrees the escalator theory of, of all that mm-hmm. the, uh, exactly the escalator theory of all that and so here's i'm gonna i'm gonna lay this shit to bed right fucking now fucking um, do it yeah. <laughs> so you've discovered that like your argument is that your brain rewires itself to to get aroused when you're watching pornography. Congratulations. You've just discovered the the absolute basic level of like neurology, which is neurons that fire together wire together. If you're mm-hmm. watching porn while you're masturbating, guess what? Porn is going to make it easier for you to masturbate in the future. Mm-hmm. It like but here's the thing you can also rewire your brain in other ways too by masturbating not to pornography or masturbating to like closing your eyes and having sexy thoughts mm-hmm. uh you know it Thinking takes about some practice situations it, with a partner mm-hmm. exactly um it can take some you know it might take a little bit of time to develop if you've you know spent years developing this neural pathway of you've been watching porn when you masturbate, then when you suddenly try to remove that, guess what? You've, you've created a, a very deep groove of neural pathways in your brain. So it does take some time to create a new neural pathway to get aroused and stimulate yourself in another way, but it is possible. And it doesn't mean that, that porn is addictive. What it means is that your brain has done what it does in every situation ever. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You know? you can be intentional with how you masturbate. And if you don't like masturbating to, you know, to tons of pornography, let's experiment with other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, one great way that you can start to start to change your, your self-pleasure habit is to l- watch porn, but don't touch yourself just yet. Like watch, your, watch porn, get really aroused, watch to your heart's content, and then put your phone, your tablet, your computer away and then close your eyes and let your imagination kind of replay what you've just viewed in your on your on your device mm-hmm. and let your imagine like begin to have this kind of connect between what you've seen and then your internal visualization of it and let that internal visualization then begin to fuel your desire and your uh, and your self-love practice that's a great way yes. to begin bridging that gap if that is something that you desire but porn itself is not inherently bad because it does that to your brain. That's yeah. how everything works with your brain. Bingo. And same thing for sex toys. People that worry about, oh, if I mm-hmm. end up using this sex toy repetitively, then I'm never going to be able to get off with a partner or I can't get off with my hand. All the things. They're just worried that their body's going to simply adapt to this sex toy and they'll never be able to orgasm again without that toy. And that's also not true. 
just takes a couple of weeks. Like, like you say, re rewiring those neural pathways doesn't take that long. It may be a little frustrating for you or a little annoying for you for a couple of days when you're trying to do something different, but that's also why I recommend a lot of nuance and changing it up. And maybe you only use your toy half the time or you have multiple kinds mm -hmm. of toys. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, options are great. <laughs> if you want, if you want a great, a uh, 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 one example of this removed from sex or mm -hmm. semi semi related to sex and, and masturbation, and we'll also take this same thing and remove it from sex to give an mm -hmm. example. If you've ever tried masturbating with your left hand when you're typically right-handed, uh -huh. it's very fresh. Or let's say your non-dominant hand. If you've ever mm -hmm. tried masturbating with your non-dominant hand, it can be very frustrating, especially the first, especially the first couple of days. But after, if you are consistent with it, and it's not easy, but if you're consistent with it, you can begin to develop the pathways to make it easier and more natural over time. You know mm -hmm. what else you can do? You know that what you know what else is is really frustrating the first time you try to do it with your left hand but gets mm -hmm. easier over time brushing your teeth. <sighs> yes, actually, yes. <laughs> I I, I uh, about a year ago I made it a personal goal to try to like teach myself ambidexterity. So I started brushing my teeth with my left hand. I started practicing writing every day with my left hand, and it seriously only took a matter of a couple of weeks, and, but brushing my teeth with my left hand became no problem at all writing with my left hand if i was very slow and deliberate could actually mimic my right-handed uh, handwriting style not perfectly and it i moved at about a quarter of the speed but it was possible so it, it's possible to retrain your brain in mm -hmm. all of these things and to say that any one thing is is a death sentence or is addictive or is harmful to you in some way all we need to do is just try to introduce new stimulus mm -hmm. and try to create a new neural pathway that is more in line with what you have, with what you want that desire, that self-love practice to look like. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean or have to mean shutting it down entirely. No, it does not. It does not. Well, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I would love your feedback and input about some of your favorite male sex toys since we kind of started talking oh, about sex yeah. toys a little bit here. So let's take a quick break. Perfect transition. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. So... Let's talk sex toys. I'm actually writing an article right now about how to select a sex toy. And I sort of, I tried to break it down. This is for my January pitch column, uh, breaking it down between, okay, well, do you want external or internal stimulation? Do you want to simulate another human being or, or not? Um, so tell me, when you think about sex toys, Obviously, like you've got a, a perspective on the use of sex toys I don't have because we are different bodied people. So what are some of the things that you really try to consider when either selecting a toy for yourself or recommending a male sex toy? Well, I, I think you've, you've started off great. You know, what type of sensation are you looking for? Do you want something that vibrates or doesn't vibrate is going to be is always going to be a key factor. There's mm -hmm essentially like two main types of toys, at least for male bodied individuals um, or, or, or people with penises. Yeah. Um, so do you want a toy that vibrates or don't you? 
And then are you looking for external or internal stimulation? If you're looking for external, there's tons of, you know, great butt plugs, anal toys, different things, like prostate simulators, things like that. After you, if you're talking internal, after you just establish, you know, internal, external, if internal, what type of stimulation do you want? Do you want vibration? Uh, are you looking for prostate play? Are you looking for like insertion or thrusting? Mm-hmm. Then we can start talking about materials and materials mm-hmm. are really, really cool. Different materials are going to handle different lubes correctly. They're going to have different weights and textures, which means it'll have a different feel in and on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, May even have a different temperature sensation. Exactly. Uh, if you're playing with glass or metal in particular, mm-hmm. um, you can heat those up or cool those down as you see fit, if that's what you want to experiment with. And that, you know, that then informs, okay, what type of lube choice you're go- are you going to go for if you're doing, I've heard some conflicting things about silicone toys with oil, but definitely not silicone lube. Well, and I've, I've heard from actually Kim Ayers, who does grandopening.com. So it's Kim Mm -hmm. Ayers grand opening website. She said that these days, silicone toys are usually of such high quality. And silicone lube is a different kind of formula of silicone, so that you can actually test out that silicone lube on the base of a silicone toy. And if the next day you come back and wipe it off, and the toy feels like the same, you're good to go. If it feels a little tacky, the texture has changed slightly, those, those two silicone formulas are way too close or they are the same and you shouldn't use that silicone lube with that silicone toy. So I have actually tested out Uber lube on several of my medical grade silicone toys and they've been just fine. But I would Excellent. say well, good that know. doesn't go for every silicone lube or every silicone toy. You got to test them all out. That is an excellent recommendation. And thank you for helping clarify that for me. Um, But uh, so then you can play with lubes and silicone lube is just fucking great. If you if you're if if you are able to use silicone lube in a situation in which it is safe and compatible with your toy and is not going to degrade your toy, it is so great. if you're going for external toys, this has been an area that honestly, I was, I was, especially about three years ago, was light years behind where it is now. Uh, there was a massive explosion in the female sex toy development starting in the 1970s, pre- predominantly with the introduction of the Hitachi Magic Wand. Mm-hmm. And from there, especially in the late 90s, you begin to see the popularization of the rabbit vibrator from Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a massive explosion of female pleasure toys, and it was great. And I think that help, like that has helped close the orgasm gap by just leagues and fathoms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed like in recent years, there have been so much R&D in the female toy development space that actually male sex toys are kind of getting left far behind. Around mm-hmm. the early 2000s, there was the development of the Fleshlight, which yep. was great. It is a, it's a simulated uh, vulva or vagina and anus that mm-hmm. you can stick your penis into. And it's great. Like the, the texture of it is it at the time, there was nothing like it on the market. Mm-hmm. They have it mouths inc- too. Mm-hmm. Oh, they do have mouths too. Yep. Yeah, thank you. And they, they now uh, make some models that aren't like imitating a body. 
but mm-hmm. Fleshlight is one of the like cooler brands that, and it's been around for a while. Yes, it was revolutionary at its time, absolutely, mm-hmm. in terms of its material was unique and more lifelike and more like fleshy mm-hmm. than any previous attempt had been of strokers or any previous materials had been. But I was feeling kind of bereft for a couple of years because I felt like the the like the the fleshlight was the pinnacle. That was like the golden standard. And it seemed like we kind of got like male sex toys got kind of stuck mm-hmm. at the fleshlight level for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no vibration once... to most fleshlight models. So it was yes. just literally a stroker. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is again, it's great. Uh, there is now a model out that has two removable bullet vibes that you can put into your toy which mm-hmm. does provide a little bit of vibration to it um mm-hmm. so that was a thing that came out um but for a while it, it it felt like it was kind of stagnating a little bit and there were just you know other companies came out with their version of the fleshlight in some shape or form uh doc johnson came out with one that had coll- like sides that kind of collapsed in a little bit when you mm-hmm. squeezed it so you could adjust the pressure which was which was a i would argue an improvement mm-hmm. uh, over the fleshlight's original design it's great in its solidity but it also was kind of a it, it wasn't a super adjustable experience mm-hmm. but in recent years there's been a ton of massive research and development and innovations in the in the male sex toy space uh one that is it's my personal favorite toy uh it was a gift that i got from my from my current partner it is called the tanga flip zero and they have uh, a couple of different models of it they have a black and a white model both of which have different textures and different firmnesses of those textures Mm. um and then they also have for both the black and the white model they have a vibrating and a non-vibrating option Mm -hmm. so i got the white vibrating option which was a little bit of a softer material Mm -hmm. uh a little bit of a softer uh softer textured material and it vibrates and it is one of the best things in the entire fucking world and i uh, hope that you all can hear the excitement in my voice right now as i'm describing it uh, can um, i tell you that you recommending that toy during a sex coach you show and tell about our favorite sex toys is what made me go out and buy a white tanga flip non-vibrating for my partner non-vibrating okay cool we have the non-vibrating it's so good. Okay, so here's the thing. I almost got the non-vibrating because I'm going to describe a word picture to you all, audience. Okay. Uh, the thing that almost sold me on the non-vibrating as opposed to the vibrating is because at the, at the tip of the non-vibrating, mm-hmm. um, there is what they describe as like, I don't know, on their website, they describe it as like a pleasure orb. So if you imagine like a sphere or a globe, uh, imagine almost like the Death Star. And you know how the Death mm-hmm. Star has like this kind of crater in it, this kind of like crater looking thing in the surface. Well, imagine that the crater is just like hollowed out, like the whole thing is just hollowed out. And there is, you know, you've got this sphere with like a little opening. Mm-hmm. And so at the very tip, you've got this like textured sphere with an opening, like right where the tip of your penis would go. And that seemed like such a unique novel sensation. I almost bought the non-vibrating version just for that one feature alone. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting the the vibrating one, and it's so fucking good. It's so good. It's um, easy to clean. That's a thing, that is, too. That, okay. Exactly. So this here's the thing. Um, a couple of years before this, uh, Tanga came out with the Tanga Flip, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Tanga Flip, which opened 
uh, to allow for easy clean. It, it split down the middle and it mm-hmm. opened up uh, like a set of like a set of wings or something like that. Mm-hmm. You could uh, then clean the inside out much easier than you could in previous models where everything was one solid tube. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem I think with the Tenga Flip is that it opened at the mouth. So the part that like that split mm-hmm. open was mm-hmm. the entry point. And so mm-hmm. that kind of raised questions in my brain of like, oh, what about like lube leakage because you've essentially got a giant seam mm-hmm. where you would want a closed, uh, an enclosed surface to be both for lube leakage as well as for suction purposes. You want things to be tight and sealed kind of. Mm-hmm. And so that that seam down the middle always kind of put me off, but the Tango Flip Zero opens at the back end the the entry point for your penis is completely intact it is it it, there's no seam on it so it creates a better seal it creates a better vacuum it doesn't leak lube as much Mm -hmm. and it still allows for you to open the thing wide up and clean it and it's so cool Mm -hmm. um it is so so that is i think the coolest fucking thing ever but there's a lot of other great products that are out there now that add not only just vibration technology and not even just built-in vibration technology, but like built in like sonic or air pulse technology. One of the latest innovations in the female space is what's known as air pulse technology mm-hmm. for the clitoris that it mimics like this sucking, tiny, Yeah, right? it mimics yeah. like sucking. Mm-hmm. Um using these tiny little like this is gonna sound great in post. <laughs> uh kind of these like little bitty air pulses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so somebody, uh, there's a toy that's out there that has implemented air pulse technology for uh, male, uh, for, for male toys. I'm trying to think of what the name of the fucking company is. Oh, here it is. The ArcWave Ion was, mm. I guess, one of the original things that started implementing this air pulse technology, but focused on more on the head of the penis and the frenulum, which is the underside of mm-hmm. the head of the penis. It's my favorite spot on a dick. It is. It it is. It is so many people's favorite spots on a dick. I would. <laughs> I would probably argue it feels great i you know from the giving perspective maybe you can provide some insight it's great to play with because it's such it's such a focal point of nerve endings mm-hmm. um that it just it's often when i'm stroking it it is an area that i love to focus on because of the intense focus of nerve endings i'll just rub the head of my penis especially that underside and it's so good mm-hmm. um Let's see. Uh, Satisfier has also come out with a with an air pulse toy. I think for men, at least I'm seeing that in the quick uh, mm-hmm. internet search I would say results. I figured Satisfier I... would have something because Satisfier, like uh, Womanizer, mm-hmm. Womanizer was really one of the first ones to come out with that air pulse technology, which they call most people on common vernacular call it a clit sucker. Um, and yeah. a lot of people have taken on the the air pulse technology. Um, let's see. There's also a company called Hot Octopus that has created a series, a whole line of the toys pulse line. for both. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, for for both a for both uh, vulva owners and penis owners, that is, it basically has instead of a instead of vibration in the traditional sense, it's got like this kind of percussive plate. If you imagine, uh, if you imagine looking at like 
a, a bass drum in a drum set and when someone thwaps the bass drum and then the backside of the bass drum like like thumps out a little bit mm-hmm. it's a lot like that where mm-hmm. it, it creates this like really percussive kind of uh motion and they have it in a toy that looks a lot like a hairbrush for uh for female-bodied individuals um they have several different types of strokers that implement this technology in some way, shape, or form, and it's so fucking cool. I have yeah, described have the, I have described the male one as looking like a cannoli. That is such an interesting thing that I am never going to be able to unsee. <laughs> Yes, I want the cannoli stroker. I'm going to go right, right into my no- my local adult store and <laughs> demand the one that looks like a cannoli and see what their reaction is and see if they're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Or if they're like, what? My uh, fascination with that hot octopus pulse, I think it's a pulse three or something like that, um, is that, yes, mm-hmm. it does look like a cannoli to me because it just is a sort of a sleeve that goes over the penis, but you can do it completely hands free. We just, you know, mm-hmm. you hit the button and it you don't have to stroke, you don't have to do anything. It taps the frenulum, which is the most sensitive area of a penis. And most people who have used them have said that they'll come in less than two minutes when they use that. That's pretty impressive. I haven't tried one hands-on, so I can only speak from like toy store demos when mm-hmm. I go in and I'm like, show me your coolest shit. And they gave me the grand tour of the store. Nice. Um so I haven't tried that yet, but two minutes is an impressive uh, is an impressive uh, time span for 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 those kinds of toys. Um, let's see, in in uh, another recent development that's going on right now, in addition to air pulse technology, is auto stroking technology. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've always been jealous of like fucking machines mm-hmm. uh, that you see in. <laughs> in various types of porn you see fucking machines that just go on and on and on and i'm like that's so fucking cool i feel really envious of that i get pussy envy real bad (laughs) Um, i'm like that looks great but uh so one of the recent developments that's been going on has been auto stroking technology for uh for toys for people with penises and it started off with, I think it was developed by Fleshlight, and I think they called it the Quick Shot, yes, um, or something like that, um, where you could set your you could set your your stroker toy, probably specifically Fleshlight brand, mm-hmm. into this device that would then stro- that would then move it up and down, and you just had to hold the device still, and it would move it up and down for you. Um, I thought that it looked really clunky at the time. I wasn't super interested in it because I'm sure it is great. It looked really clunky to me at the time when it debuted a couple of years ago. So Mm -hmm. I never really saw a ton of interest in it. Um, A a couple of great companies have come out now and made the design a little bit more discreet, a little bit uh, less, a a little less bulky. One in particular that's, uh, caught my attention is a device that's called the the handy where uh, i like the name (laughs) yeah uh the the thing with the with the uh what's it the fleshlight quick shot is that it you had like handles on both sides of it Mm -hmm. so it see it it seemed weird that you had to like hold it with two hands and oftentimes if you're if you're 
device for viewing porn is your phone that leaves mm-hmm. no free hand for your phone or, or things like that. So I worried about like the fact that it was bulky. It was, it was, a, it seemed like a two-handed device in a lot of the demos that I saw. The, the handy is a one-handed device and it's the, the main form of attachment of your toy is just a Velcro strap. So it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it can't, it, you can adjust the toy to any number of thicknesses of stroker, or even you don't even have to just use strokers on it. You could attach a dildo to it. And then you've got a handheld, like a literal handheld fucking machine um, for a dildo too. Yeah. I see the wheels turning in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to, I have a cornucopia of sex toys. I have an entire, I have an Ikea bed, which has, four drawers underneath it one entire drawer is just sex toys i think you're about to say all four drawers were sex toys and i was about to be like damn i wish i wish no i wish although it is getting rather full (laughs) that's how i felt uh but i have some toys i'm just bored with i'm like no fine but you know need some nuance I have some toys that just have lost their luster, you know, I'm just kind of bored with them. So maybe mm. if I could add some nuance, like turning it into a fucking machine with that, that might be kind of, yeah, yeah. that might get them out of the, the sex toy graveyard. I hope so. I, I think that would be phenomenal to breathe some new life into, into your sex toys. Um, I'll like, so, so I think that the the handy in terms of like auto stroking seems like a really cool uh, new innovation there mm-hmm. uh, because it it seems just easier to handle and the fact that you it has a velcro strap it's not brand limited it seems yeah. like yeah you could attach anything to it and rock yeah. and roll yeah because then it's not yeah you're not having to then be committed to a brand and their toys because really you're just you're trying to get the motion. And the, the toy, if you found a toy you like, you just want it to be easier. Or, or I even think about people who are disabled. You know, if, if yeah, you don't, absolutely. if you don't have the hand strength, if stroking is just not in the cards, whatever it may be, that there's got to be some automated options for people that are differently abled. Absolutely. And this this goes back to to partially to like toy choice as well because there's some people where vibrations hurt their hand mm-hmm. you know but it can be difficult to try to get that level of stimulation without vibration but also not using their hand it's mm-hmm. difficult so having something that's like this that does a lot of that work for you that doesn't include vibrations that could hurt your hand is i think sorely needed and i think is is such it's it's the next cool step um do you know of any male toys that collect data about your orgasm because for vulva owners we've got the lioness that you can attach to an app and it'll tell you about your orgasm strength and duration and all that stuff but is there any for male-bodied folks or penis owners oh that is a great question there's none that i'm aware of Mm -mm which I don't want to definitively say that that means that none exist. Oh, I've been researching uh, for this pitch column and I haven't found one. So makers out there that are listening to this. That's it's one of my greatest pet peeves is that there's not as much, there's not as many resources or toy uh, or devices out there designed to track male pelvic health. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a complaint that I had when it comes to Kegel devices. Um, so 
for those of you who don't know, Kegels are exercises that you do at home that help strengthen your pelvic floor. It can lead to uh, less incontinence, meaning mm-hmm. less you know urine leakage when you don't mean to. Uh, it can pre- help help prevent both vaginal and anal prolapse when you don't want that, mm-hmm. and it can lead to both delay like the ability to delay your orgasm if you're uh, if you're a rapid ejaculator. Uh, if you are pre-orgasmic, uh, if you're a pre-orgasmic woman, developing the musculature down there can help strengthen and develop your first orgasm, and it can help develop stronger orgasms if you are already orgasmic. There's yeah. a ton of great health benefits to doing Kegels, and there is a ton of great resources out there for women to help mm-hmm. track their pelvic floor and their Kegel health via uh, either insertable devices um, that can measure the strength you know that are connected mm-hmm. via bluetooth to your phone and can strike uh, can measure the strength of the contractions of your pelvic floor uh you can use them you just mentioned a, a toy or device that i've never heard of before but that but that can track your pelvic floor contractions during masturbation is it a sex mm-hmm. toy specifically or? it is it's um or kind of a rabbit style okay yeah. if you go to lioness.io that's their website Gotcha. And then there was another TikToker whom I adore, who who tracks her orgasms and then talks about that data and what and what that data can suggest in different contexts and situations and with different toys or implements. It's really, really phenomenal. There is not, to my knowledge, near the amount of extensive resources available for men to track their pelvic floor health. The closest thing that I found. And it's wildly uh, insufficient. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make that statement now. <laughs> uh, it is a product that is that is provided by. Uh, let's see, one of one of the companies that I that I've partnered with called Medamore.com. M-E-D-Amore.com uh, provides this product, and it's a Kegel trainer for men, but mm-hmm. it's specifically around. It's it's like a weighted penis ring that you put around your penis mm-hmm. that you then would do kegels with uh with those weights around your penis to help kind of lift them up and that's supposed to help strengthen your your pelvic floor muscles with increasing amounts of weight or things like that oh where, okay. where the fuck is it i want to i want to try to find it on the website so i know oh uh, yeah it's called private gym mm. and it's a series of weights. It looks like it has a, a DVD, a, an app, and then a, a strap that goes around your your uh, that goes around your penis. That the idea would be to get an erect penis and then use your pelvic floor muscles to lift up your penis with this weight attached to it, um, for mm-hmm. reps or sets or what have you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's woefully insu- insufficient because. I don't know, like that is a that is a training method that I've heard of of people like putting weighted towels over their erect penises, but I don't like doing that whenever I have uh, whenever I practice Kegels. I don't want to have to get an erection to do that. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. like to be able to just practice Kegels for a few minutes while I'm sitting at my desk. I want to give myself a five minute break. So I'm going to just do some Kegels for a few minutes. I don't want to have to go to the bathroom, get an erection, strap a set of weights to me and then do it. Um I don't know. Maybe I'm complaining too much, but I think uh, so we have to insert that, something into our vaginas to <laughs> to do this, to track this, or measure this. I I did have 
a, a toy that was sort of like the, the, the double ball thing that are attached, sort of looks like a little infinity symbol um, yeah. with a, a long, like not really a string, but a silicone strap on it. So, but I only used it like three or four times and I, I could not actually like do the thing it was asking me to do, but I couldn't get it to like properly explain like what I was doing wrong either. And I felt like my Kegels were actually doing pretty good. So then when I'm looking at this app and I'm seeing the instruction thing, I was like, nah, but yeah, I mean, we have, we have to literally stick something inside of our bodies to, to track it or do the thing with the app. So I you're guess right. what so I'm maybe saying I is I be... have very little sympathy for you on that. No, <laughs> okay. No, I, so you're right. Maybe I'm throwing, maybe I'm throwing stones in a glass house and I shouldn't do that. Um, but still there should, I wish there was a way to simply monitor. I don't know if you've got a tens machine style thing. It's just a, a pad that you stick to your pelvis onto like I your would, skin or something. I don't know. I would honestly Body prefer hair might with some that. sort of like Kegel ball style solution for men that you could insert anally and try to measure the strength of your Kegels through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would love some sort of solution like that, but such a solution doesn't exist for men currently. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Maybe, like I said, I apologize. Maybe I'm complaining and maybe I shouldn't be, you know, maybe I should count my blessings, but I think that there, I think the fact that you can insert something, let's say you could insert it at the beginning of your day, walk around with it and then do your Kegels whenever you want. I think that that is a luxury that, that people with bodies like myself don't have like, and erections are times like time sensitive things and context sensitive things that, can come and go sometimes <laughs> yes <laughs> so for uh, that to be the for it, it seems it seems like that is a bit of a bottleneck in mm-hmm. the structure of that particular set of kegel tracking devices for men yeah. um i'd love to be able to insert something at the beginning of my day that i know is going to be there when i do decide that i'm in the mood for kegels for a five minute break at work yeah Unfortunately, that's not how it'll work. <laughs> uh, I, Any other toys I, that you have uh, have caught your eye lately? Oh man, um, I feel like we covered a lot. I feel like we we have covered a shit ton. I've tried to give a little bit of a brief history of the sex toy industry in general. Mm-hmm. In addition to this, I've really been looking at like fucking machines or fuck benches recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But they're all expensive as shit, so I have to hold off on those. Oh, that, yeah. that needs to be a that needs to be a purchase that I save up for. I know. If only we could get a partnership with a company like that. That's like, yeah, let me just send you this thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar fuck bench. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. I'll take whatever you'll give me at that point. Like the most expensive is- item I've gotten as a partnership is I got I got a UV recently. Ooh, that's ooh, that's good though. No. UV's like, good I though. Need, I oh. love UV. Um, I I wanted one of their boxes for a while now, ever since I heard about it on Sex with Emily. And I tried to order one last year at the beginning of the pandemic. I was actually gonna use my uh uh pandemic money on UV because I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean it's a sanitizer. No, we need that right now. We're yeah. trying to sanitize everything. They were sold out <laughs> for a while. I bet they were because yeah. <clears throat> pandemic. Yep. Yep. So I actually tagged them in a post and they sent me one after they were like, Aww. oh, well, we could hook you up with one of those. So I was like, oh, is that all I had to do was just tag it's, you all in just a post? Email y'all. That's fucking great. <laughs> 
So yeah, if, if you want a UV of your own, check the show notes. I've got a link there and a discount code for folks. So anyway, um, no, I think that, you know, when you covered in some of those sex toys, those were all some brands that like I, I knew of and have definitely recommended to people. So I sort of feel good that you as a, a penis owning person uh, also liked some of those products that I've been recommending, or at least recommend checking out some of those things. So. Man, Fleshlight has got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of models these days. They, they do. Fleshlight was my first, like, uh, uh, was my first stroker, and I loved it. But there are also things that I think left to be desired that have been developed in other companies in the space since then. I feel mm-hmm. like for a little bit they rested on their laurels, and I would love to see Fleshlight come out with some some really cool innovations. And I think that they they did in some ways. I feel like they're they're always great at being like the first of something, but other people will improve on it and become the best at it. And that feels like a shitty thing for me to say. <laughs> well, but credit where credit's due, Fleshlight was Fleshlight led to the, an incredible innovation in their in in terms of their material that they used. That was groundbreaking and still uh is the standard because yeah. of them. Yeah. I think something that's also uh I mean I've seen more and more and more of them through the years is the because silicone production has gotten a little bit easier and a little bit more, um, not completely realistic. It doesn't actually feel like a real person, but it it doesn't feel like a, a, I don't know, a sticky piece of, you know, squish anymore. Um, but like having vulvas, body parts, having like Mm -hmm. not a full fuck doll, but maybe just a butt with a, an anus or a vulva or an anus and a dick, but the more body imitation style, sex toys and even sex dolls full-on sex dolls Mm -hmm. have gotten super popular even though they're quite expensive but their popularity has still been increasing dramatically over the last couple of years too absolutely yeah i i don't have a ton of experience with sex dolls so i wish i could comment more on this than i am going to but but i the the technology that has gone into them the resources that i've gone into them the improvements in in their appearance and their functionality has been astronomical in the past couple of years and their popularity has grown as a result of those improvements but also i think just as a result of the zeitgeist and the times that we live in and some people see that as a problem i'm not 100 percent sure that i agree that it like sex dolls equals the end times i think that it's people being sexy in the ways that they want to be sexy and especially trying to find, you know, if they want to invest in themselves and invest in their self-love, then who are we to to shame or to judge that? Agreed. We don't want to yuck other people's yum, right? Like Dr. Emily, Dr. Emily Nagowski says. Well, Kincaid, we have covered a lot of ground today, both between dating advice and sex toys. So... I thank you so, so, so much for some of your insights into some of those things. Because again, I don't, I do not own a penis. <laughs> I want to hear <laughs> from the source, what you, what you've seen, what you've heard, what feels good, all the things. So I appreciate your feedback on those very, very much. It is my pleasure to, to be here to provide that insight. I'm always looking for points of views that aren't my own because that helps me be a better person and a better sex coach as well. I'm always striving for that. So I'm happy to provide that for you here. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So how do people find your podcast and you online? Yes. Uh, 
If you guys would like to see more of me, you can find me at Kincaid McMinn on Twitter and at Royal Love Coach on Facebook and Twitter. I'm also most active on TikTok at Kincaid McMinn, so you can check that out as well. If you would like private coaching from me, you can send an email to royallovecoach at gmail.com or go to my website, www.royallovecoach.com and submit a request under the contact section. If you don't want private coaching from me, but you just want to see more of me aside from some of my social media stuff, check out my podcast. It's called the Royally Screwed Podcast. It's available on, uh, what's it, Spotify, Stitcher, most other places except Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm in like this weird limbo with getting my Apple podcast set up. Uh, or you can go to my website and there is a podcast tab where you can listen to those there as well. You can also give uh, show support in other ways, like give a positive review so more people can find my show, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash royally screwed for perks like exclusive recordings and voting on future topics, or you can make a one-time donation to me at paypal.me forward slash royally screwed. Perfect. Well, thank you. And I will talk to you soon, dear. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. I can't wait. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.